Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with Nicholas and Heather Vesey. The reading is Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Vanities of vanities, says the preacher. Vanities of vanities, it's all vanity. What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes toward the south and turns around to the north, The wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, there they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot express it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. That which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done and there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, Thank you, Barbara. Um, As this service is taking place, uh, there are Buddhist monks in India are busy creating a mandala, which um, they're usually here creating a mandala. Um, And uh, because of the COVID, they weren't able to make it this year. Um, And... um, we were going to try to um, uh, televise it here this morning so we could sort of have that be part of the service, but unfortunately, technical difficulties got in the way. But in anyway, um, and so I, I've, I've written my comments sort of around that theme and thought I'd, I'd stick to it in any event, because I think it's a, it's a beautiful um, metaphor, um, uh, this creation of a mandala, you know, a beautiful work of art and devotion that ends up, when they're done with it, with all this beautiful concentration um, that they use to build this beautiful piece of art, they take it to the river and throw it in the river and destroy it. I mean, it's, you know, wow. You know, by Western standards, it's a very strange concept to make a beautiful piece of art and then destroy it. Um, in the West, we make art to grasp at eternity, not to, um, not to then basically just let it... Um, you know, flow down the river. I think flowing in the flowing in the river is also an interesting metaphor too. And we, you know, here in the West, we consider the finest art to be that which you know stands the test of time and makes the artist immortal. You know, we think of Da Vinci, Michelangelo, Shakespeare. So, what are the monks doing? Um, this is a wonderful, if shocking, metaphor for the central Buddhist teaching that nothing is permanent; everything changes. There's constant change in the world. The teaching is that only through gaining a complete um, understanding of this reality can our suffering be eliminated. It's sort of, you know, these are very central Buddhist concepts. But if nothing is permanent, how, how do we find meaning? How, how can our suffering be eliminated if there's no unchangeable source of meaning um, that I think is, you know, to some extent um, required to end at least my suffering, I suppose. Um, and how do we find meaning in the midst of constant change? Uh, for the monks, 
Anyway, my takeaway is that the answer is to embrace change, to embrace impermanence, even celebrate it. This is at least part of what gives our lives meaning. And with this in mind, I chose the reading from Ecclesiastes this morning, which I think conveys a similar sentiment um, in, the, in the Western tradition. All is endless change. All is in flux. And how do we find, you know, the question Ecclesiastes raises is, you know, how do we find meaning in that? Ecclesiastes begins in the, you know, familiar maybe to some of you, um, the King James Version, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Um, and... Uh, that's also been translated in you know, some modern versions as utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Um, you know, so you know, that's, that's a little bit hard to take. You know, everything meaningless, really? Um, and I, I just read recently that the word um, that their vanity um, in Hebrew is a word which um, really more refers to smoke or vapor. So it's sort of saying everything is smoke, everything's vapor. And this seems to provide, at least for me, a better understanding of the passage. Everything's not necessarily meaningless. Rather, it's like vapor, always changing, opaque, making it impossible to understand or to find meaning in. Um, hmm. Quite a message, but somewhat, I think, similar to the Buddhist view, don't you think? Um, so what then is the proper response to the insight that all is smoke and vapor and that meaning is forever hidden, just out of reach? For Ecclesiastes, anyway, the first appropriate response is humility and fear of God. Here's a, a, a quote a little bit further in Ecclesiastes from chapter 5. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. A fool's voice is known by his many words. In the multitude of dreams... And many words, there is also vanity. But fear God, for this is man's all. So fear God, that's a very Old Testament kind of a, uh, of a, of a, of a concept. And um, it, it, I, think, I think it's one that, uh, that I at least have a little trouble sort of understanding. What, you know, what does that mean? I guess I take it to mean a command to be humble, just as, as, that, as that passage sort of is, um, is trying to convey. To fear our inclination to know, our inclination to be right, our inclination toward pride and hubris. Um, that's what we should be fearing. And, you know, and God's, I guess, response to that, which is more of an Old Testament kind of a you know, prophet thing anyway. And another answer in Ecclesiastes uh, is later in chapter 9. Uh, um, this is more in line with my interpretation of, of the, what the, you know, the monk's response to, um, to this um, all-changing ch all um, aspect of, of the world is. Ecclesiastes suggests that in spite of our inability to understand and find meaning, we should accept our lot, work hard, struggle, and be grateful for what we've given. And here's another quote from chapter 9. Live joyfully with those whom you love all the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for this is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, for there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Whoa. It seems a, it's a pretty dour message, but it, I think it lines up well with the central Buddhist message that life is change and that the only appropriate response to this is to embrace the change, to find joy in change. 
And as I thought about this, uh, preparing my comments for today, it occurs to me, it occurred to me that perhaps enlightenment is simply the full realization of the fundamental and constantly changing nature of our world. A realization that I think must also include letting go of our desire to find permanence. For me, the Christian concept of faith is perhaps close to the Buddhist concept of enlightenment. Perhaps enlightenment is not, as I have for many years thought of it, a transformation of a human into a superhuman, into a God, an all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful God. No, perhaps instead it is the final realization and submission to our condition as humans, subject to impermanence, for whom our search for meeting, our search for love, is a never-ending chase after vapor. It's a fundamental change of perspective. But I think faith has the added dimension of confidence that even though all is change, all is well, all will be well. In my family, we have a quote that we like to use whenever you know, things get um, rough, uh, which, which uh, my daughter Emery came up with uh, when my son was, um, had, had a bad accident and was in, uh, in a coma in the ICU and the rest anyway. And um, so she, she'd read it somewhere, but it is, everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. I think that's a, a conveys that sense of 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 faith that you know okay it may not be right all right right now but um, it will be all right in the end somehow um, I think that's a, a, a sort of a, anyway interestingly strong <laughs> statement of faith for my daughter who really isn't actually very religious at all so interesting <laughs> that that's where it comes from um, let me close my comments on this uh, with a, uh, the quote uh, from. Uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the Vietnamese Buddhist monk, which I think conveys um, somewhat the idea that enlightenment and faith might be closer for us all than we might think. It's not something out there that um, that's this unattainable thing, but it just might be a shift in the way we look at the world. And here's the quote. I laugh when I think I once sought paradise as a realm outside of the world of birth. It is right in the world of birth and death that the miraculous truth is revealed. And the moment of awakening may be marked by an outburst of laughter. But this is not the laughter of someone who has won the lottery or some kind of victory. It is the laughter of one who, after searching for something for a long time, suddenly finds it in the pocket of his coat. Okay, the second song. Now I'll move to my other <laughs> role here. Um, I'm going to sing as a um, song called "More Than This." Um, it's sung by Brian Ferry, who um, was written during his, during his time with Roxy Music. Um, and again, the reason I like it is because I really like um, the the chorus. Um, um, and again, this this is a song with another with message of another aspect of love: the requirement that we must be present and fully in the moment to love and to understand love. Again, it's the chorus which um, conveys this message. And the chorus is, you know, more than this, there is nothing. 
trying to bring us into the present. So that's really my objective of singing this song today to try to really get us all here in the present. And, um, and again, I'm going to, um, we'll have a little silent meditation after the last chorus is over. Uh, and, um, and see if we can <laughs> enter into that space, into that present space. Thanks for listening. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.